Well, the other nights must have been possibly one or two in the morning. This was on a Wednesday. And I audibly heard, but understand this. Uh, understand was the operative word. It, was the, it had the most of the emphasis on that statement. Uh, and I said, okay, Lord, uh, in the morning when I woke up, I remembered it. And I said, what are you saying to me? And he said, but understand this. And he took me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, which basically are a testament uh, for today. Uh, it is a testimony for today. It is a disclaimer, if you were, about what is happening in this day. And so I'm speaking to the believers. I am speaking to those that are Christian, speaking to the believers so that you would understand and see what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through Scripture about today. Don't be surprised at what happening, what's happening today. Scripture wrote it first. You're living it second. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But understand this. Mankind has a problem understanding the things of God. There is an understanding, there is an interpretation, there is a problem with understanding the things that are important to God. Scripture goes on and it says that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come, difficult days that will be hard to bear. Today is a hard time to bear. These are the times that we've heard about. We've heard them since we picked up the Bible for the very first time. We have heard them since the very first time we heard the voice of God relating to mankind, relating to humanity. These are not common times. They're uncommon times. They are not usual. They are uncommon. During the week, the Holy Spirit said, now I was sitting there basically just going through my computer, and he said, put up this, put up this post. And I put up a post on Facebook that basically said, I don't agree with abortion. That's my perspective. You would have thought I unleashed the hounds of hell because it received well over a thousand clicks. Uh, but either Christians agreed or maybe they're not Christian. I don't know. There was no nothing there, but it just said an authentic Christian does not believe a certain way. You cannot believe in death. Uh, and so, but the responses that were negative were even from the Christian community using scripture from the Old Testament to say that God is a pro-choice God. 
which goes against everything that God is about. He has given us free will. We make those decisions that are life or death, not God. But you would have thought that I would have said something so horrible to make people stop. These are great days of, these are difficult days. They are hard to bear, but as a Christian who is in the word of God, not judging anybody, because the word will judge the individual, their actions will judge themselves. These are days filled with great stress and troubles. They will be difficult to hear, and they will be difficult to deal with them if you're void of the truth of the word of God, not just printed on a paper in book format, but understanding it with the revelation that the Holy Spirit brings you, then you make the right decisions. You make God decisions. You can laugh all you want. You can put a laughing emoji all you want, but the word will judge you whether you like it or not. The, your word, your actions will judge you. Second verse, for people will be lovers of self. It's the season of the narciss narcissistic, self-focused individual. They can only see their image in the world. They don't see anybody else. They're living in a world with a lot of people in it, but all they see is them. It's kind of like a world of you. Everybody looks like you. Everybody should look like you. Everybody should think like you. Everybody should dress like you. So it, it's all about you, Mr. Narcissist, Mrs. Narcissist. Everything falls apart when self enters. In the narcissistic world filled with self, there is only chaos. When self enters the room, the ego of the individual in these days, the days of the lovers of self, becomes so big that only you can fit in the room. It's all about the season of self. They are not focused on God. Why do you use they, Pastor Rick? Because I'm talking to the believer. You need to stop focusing on you and focus on others. Because if all you focus on is yourself, you're not focusing on God, you're mocking God. And yet it's the same God you, you say your prayers at night and send your requests and prayers and all this stuff, but you're mocking God with unbelief. So you can't have a world of self and believe. You have to have a world of God, and then you'll have a world of belief, and then your faith will grow. The Bible says that they will be lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revelers. They make the world their idol. 
And the Holy Spirit said to me, these are loose and they have no restraint. The same people that go in front of the, uh, uh, you know, of the judge's house in the Supreme Court. They're unrestrained. These are, we know you're making the point. We know you can protest. We know all that, but you're unrestrained. You're loose. There's nothing holding you back from that next step into chaos because this is, this is the day. This is the day that kind of separates you from the rest. How will you respond? Really important. That's why the Bible says, but understand this, because you're, there's a lack of understanding. But understand this. God doesn't want you operating or behaving in a certain, a certain manner. But you love money. You're boastful. It's all about still, you know, Pastor, it's, I, I like me. It's all about self. Good job, Pastor Rick. I'm talking to me. Wow. I like that proverbial pat on the back by yourself because it's all about you. Disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. And I, I love this. Devoid of natural human affection, calloused and inhumane. He's not, not talking about uh, a, a way of... Um, uh, let's say, uh, uh, relations between a man and a woman. No, he's talking about here uh, devoid of human, uh, natural human affection, because it's supposed to be a natural affection to love another, to love your parents, to love your siblings, to love those that you work with, and on and on and on. That should be natural. But the season that we're in, understand this is a season that we has now promoted the understand we I don't know what that means so that's why it makes it easy for me to road rage that's why it makes it easy for me to respond to your comment a certain way but understand this many are unregulated i love that because and the holy spirit said because they're moved by today's wind there is a spiritual wind blowing, and it's blowing through all the neighborhoods. The spiritual wind is blowing through all the world, all the caverns and all the crevices. And it promotes an unregulation. It means you do what you want to do that makes you feel good and forget everyone else because they should be doing the same thing, believing the same way as I do. And in light of this, many will come to the throne room in their day. The mockers, the laughers, the atheists, the, the, the mockers of God, they will stand before God in the throne room and they will be rejected. How do I know that? Because the word says it. The word says it. They will be rejected. They are not lovers of God. They're talkers of God. They know what to say at the right time. Hallelujah, brother. Meanwhile, better, be, better not turn your spiritual back because they'll stab you. They are not lovers of God. They're not even imitators of God. How do I know that? Because 
verse four says, these people are traitors. They're traitors. They started off one way and they ended up another. They're traitors, they're reckless, they're conceited. They seek pleasure rather than God. They hold to a form of outward godliness. They love religion. They love the process. They love the mechanisms. They love the repetition, but they don't know God. They appear to love God, but their lives don't reflect it. It's okay to beat your child. It's okay to look at things that you know you're not supposed to. It's okay to smoke something you know that you're not supposed to do it. You don't need it. But you don't live a life that reflects God. I'm not judging you. I don't know what your life is like, but the word will judge you. And what does the Bible say the end of this and the end of this scripture, avoid such people and keep far away from them. In this season, you need to understand this. If you didn't hear anything that I said prior, if it went one ear or out the other, if you just retained just a little bit, avoid such people that will bring you to a place where you mock God with your life. These are dangerous times. You think it's dangerous to walk the streets of New York City? Heck yeah. But it's even more dangerous in this spiritual climate to mock God with your life. This is not a suggestion. It's a command. The Bible says, it doesn't say, I want you to think about avoiding such people and keeping far away from them. I want you to avoid the people, but if they're giving you something, kind of hang around with them for a little while. No. The scripture says avoid. Stay away from. Don't include. Be careful. It doesn't have anything to do with spreading the gospel. I just heard somebody say, well, aren't we supposed to spread the gospel? Why, why would we give up so soon? Well, this, let's just look at this for a little bit. Jesus went to his hometown with the intent to heal everyone. The Bible says, and very explicitly in the Amplified, it said some were healed. And then he moved on. He didn't pray for those that needed or didn't pray for them to have a, a, a change of heart. He didn't wait till they changed their heart. He didn't keep preaching to them so that they would change their heart. No, the Bible says some were healed and he traveled on. So there is a very specific time. Doesn't have anything to do with spreading the gospel to somebody. Spread the gospel. But if they're mocking God, you leave them. If they refuse to believe, then leave them. There are plenty of people in the world that need to hear the gospel. But understand this. It's a divine 
boundary that you are setting. There is a divine boundary that our lives as Christians, as believers, as the faithful doing. We're not, okay, it's, I'm sorry, it's not perfection. We're not talking perfect people. We're talking people that don't give up, that realize the value of God's word in their lives and their lives show it. It's not through broken faith. It's not through change of winds. It's not a yes one day and a no the other. So we set a divine boundary. You don't step over that boundary, and I will stay right here. This is the message of the gospel from my lips. If you hear it, it's time to move on. I, I, I'll pray for you, but you know what? I'll check in with you. But there is a season to go to the next individual. But if the mocker, those that are boastful in their, in their unbelief, those that are arrogant uh, in their unbelief, you know those people, the people that say God doesn't exist, the people that say, oh, I need science more than I need God. The people that say, prove. The people that just can't get themselves to acknowledge that there's something bigger than their ego. It's a divine boundary. You're in control of that boundary. God has given you full access to that boundary. He's given you the authority to set that boundary and act upon that boundary. And finally, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. I think most people are going to have a problem with this. We're going to have to spiritualize this. We're not going to talk about marriage, although it, 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 it's, it's a good point to make. But the Bible says, do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers. So it makes a perfect fit if it comes to, uh, you know, com comes to marriage. Okay, let's just put that aside. But let's just talk about our, our relationships with people in the world. You can't have a relationship, ongoing relation. The Bible is telling you, do not make mismatched alliances. If you have made a mismatched alliance, it will affect you spiritually. But understand this, God is saying to you right now, if the people are inconsistent with your faith, you have no business being in their presence. So, Pastor Rick, I, you know, I knew them. So we went to grammar school together. We went to high school together. Uh, I, I married the other one's sister. We're best friends. Of course, I got a divorce from them. So anyway, but that's a little different. Well, what do I do? Well, what does the Bible say? Don't ask me. This is what the Bible says. Because they will have an effect. Oh, no, I'm strong in my faith. I'm not going to let them say anything. No, no, I'm telling you, it comes in, and all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're doing something that you know, you know it's not right. Deep in your heart, you know it's not right. Understand this. The Bible is telling you. Understand the season that you're in. This comes in as a tiny, tiny, tiny little ant. And that little ant comes in, and or termite comes in, and all of a sudden there's just more termites, and all of a sudden it's under, uh, under, uh, uh, you know, uprooted. It's eaten all the foundation, and you think everything's okay, and not everything is not okay. Do not be unequally bound. 
If you are, you need to do something about it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know what you're supposed to do. What does the Bible say you're supposed to do? Well, I don't know, Rick, uh, Pastor Rick. I, 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 you know, what, what, what am I? Am I supposed to terminate my my relationship with the individual? Well, you know what? Yes, but that's me. I'm sorry. I'm not going to hang around with you if you're mocking the divinity of the Godhead. I'm obviously not going to change your mind because you're in a set position. I am just in myself, but that very action is mocking God. You're mocking God. Your friend is mocking God. You have the faith. You know what you believe in. Why expose it to something that is weakening the foundation? Now, the Bible says here something very powerful. For what partnership can righteousness have with lawlessness? Why? God is actually giving you a, a little promo, a little promotion there. He's saying, okay, well, I see you as righteous. You're, you're, you're right standing before me. But what does that have to do with lawlessness? Now what you have to ask yourself is, wow, God sees the, the, the one that is mocking him, the one that is spiritually weakened, he sees him as lawlessness. And lawlessness before a holy God is mocking the God, our God. And then he gives us he gives us another one. He says, or what fellowship, ooh, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? You know, all those times you hung out, God sees them as darkness. He sees you as light. You are the light. He sees you as the light. Understand this. But the others he sees at as darkness. The way I, the way I interpret it is, is, is really plainly simple. You have no beeswax. You have no business with somebody who is not of God. Even though they say, oh, you know, I believe in this, but if they don't believe in the Godhead, if they don't believe in the Holy Spirit, if they don't believe in that Jesus is the Son of God resurrected, on the third day, and sits in the Godhead position, they are mocking God. So we go back to the very beginning. All of this is still under the umbrella that we live in a reprobate world. Those that sin before a holy God don't care about the holiness of God are unaffected by his divine condition, don't care about any of his attributes because he doesn't exist. To them, in their reprobate mind, sin now, worry about it later. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1, 1 to 6, but understand this. You are in control. This is a season of the ability to attain great spiritual maturity. Do not fall prey to the wiles of the world, because there are many. 
There are many ways, but there's only one narrow gate. Going through the narrow, narrow gate will give you divine revelation and understanding. And, you know, I don't know, Pastor Rick, I, I don't like going through the narrow gate. I don't like going through the narrow gate. But every time I go through the narrow gate and I come out on the other side, I'm, I'm in possession of something I didn't have before. Stronger faith. And, and understand this. If you never go through anything, if you've never been challenged by the world and been victory, you know, celebrated victory, a spiritual victory uh, with God, then your faith has never grown. If you were to look at your, your faith, it's probably still the size of a mustard seed. It's time that our faith is the size of a mountain. How else are you going to move it? This is the time for you to shine. God has said that through his word, pay attention to his word. Include his word in every facet of your life. There is an application for you right now with the trial that you are going through. Right now, you will find that verse, and that verse will give you strength and understanding, and you will come out on the other side of the narrow gate with a faith and with strength and with victory. God bless you.